I ate alligator at the New York State Fair. See, that's more weird to me because you're doing that in a place that's not Florida. Weird to me. It was delicious, by the way. I loved it. My only regret is that I didn't try... It was kangaroo. They had kangaroo. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, man, I got to decide between gator and roo. Welcome to episode 11 of the Go For Two podcast, the podcast for frustrated football fans by two frustrated football fans. I'm Brad Klein, and my co-host is Jenna Elike. And Jenna, episode 11, we have a lot to talk about. I'm not even going to touch up on the elephant in the room, which is Jamal Adams. We'll get to that. I'm not looking forward to it, but we will. And I just want to apologize to all of the... Uh, listeners out there that have had to listen to me, that have had to labor through the fan frustrations and the asides of Jamal Adams. But I think it all comes to an end today, I think. For for our sake, I'm talking about me and the audience not having to hear you complain about <laughs> Jamal Adams. Rightfully complain. You have good reason to complain, but I am excited to explore New Horizons, see what else is out there that the Jets can get you frustrated about. Oh, there's plenty. There's They're going to do something else. It's, it's oh, going to sure. happen, yeah, and it's going to happen soon. But look, besides Jamal Adams, we have a lot to talk about. There's Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, their first photo shoot in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. We're previewing which team has the best chance of going first to worst, kind of the opposite of what we did last week. But we begin today in Dallas, and it's Dak and the Cowboys. That's where you're going to start every show. Whenever something like that happens, that's going to be your headliner. Dak Prescott has signed the $31.4 million exclusive franchise tender, part of the franchise tag. And Jenna, that means he will be a Cowboy. He is a Cowboy. He finally signed something. Not a long-term deal. We think that's coming soon. But, Jenna, I think this is a win-win for both sides. The Cowboys ensure that Prescott reports to camp on time, and Prescott has broken the bank this year, $31 million in a single season for a guy that many people don't even think is that good. Definitely, I completely agree with you. Good for both sides. Dak's making his money, and the Cowboys are eliminating some of the drama that might have been there if they did not give him some type of money and that could have, you know, led up to a holdout situation that is never pretty for either side when it comes down to it. Um, July 15th is the deadline for a longer contract or he will remain on this franchise tag, but win-win for both sides. Um, Like, like you said, I mean, we kind of talked about it a couple of weeks ago and we talked about Dak's uh, Dak's contract situation and everything that's going on. So we don't have to delve in too deep into that, but I'm interested to see whether or not, they get something longer before the deadline. I don't think they do, but um, the next couple of weeks, it's definitely going to be something to look at. Well, this was definitely a problem for Dallas. It's not like Prescott was bluffing. He was sitting out of the virtual online workouts, meetings, what have you. So I'm pretty sure he was willing to sit out of the voluntary or even mandatory workouts in person whenever those start up again. But now he'll be there and Dallas does not have to rely on Andy Dalton on the first few weeks to lead their ball club. But look, Prescott, again, $31.4 million. That is the highest annual salary for a single season by any Cowboy ever. 
And next, that's, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of gumballs for Dak Prescott. And by the way, his salary goes up an extra twenty percent next season if they can't get a long term deal done and they they sign the tag again, which would make it thirty seven point seven million dollars. I don't really see what Prescott's rush to sign a long term deal is. I know that football is a dangerous sport. You want your guaranteed money, the Jared Goff route. I get it, but look. If you can stay healthy and you can just year by year continue to sign that tag, your your grandkids are going to be taken care of. Their grandkids are going to be taken care of. The Kirk Cousins model. Just keep on getting tagged for a lucrative <laughs> amount of money each year and you'll be fine. You'll be fine for generations to come. All of the Prescotts will be taken care of because the Cowboys and Dak can't agree on a long-term deal. I have a random thought. Actually, it's a question. It's a wondering, if you will. Um, just when you were saying, you know, Dak's been sitting out of virtual workouts. I'm really curious to see what that is like. I know it's not on topic. I know it was not the important part of what you just said. But just think about that for a second. Like, how do you, I guess it'd be like conducting any other meeting, but I feel like football is such an interactive sport. I know you have like playbook stuff, I guess you can go through. Yeah, Dak Prescott, even if he was there, even if he was there, he probably would have been playing Sudoku or online solitaire in the uh, in the other browser. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's what I. Not gonna lie, it's what I do some, during some of my meetings. Sometimes you have to pull something over just to keep your mind. Well, you know, hopefully not during the podcast. Game. I mean, come on, not during the bo- podcast. Um, I you know. I, I am pretty good, but not that good that I can, you know, focus on something else and, and have a full-length conversation. I'm talking when when you're just listening to someone speak. I'm the type of person who just needs to be doing something, messing with something. So I always, you know, Brad knows, my good old friend, 2048. You know I have that in the other <laughs> browser. Absolutely. I mean, that's open all the time. Sometimes it crashes and you have to you have to come back. Have you gotten the 2048 tile recently? Um, I did. I, I can't, I, I took a screenshot of it or I took a picture of it to send to you. Cause I told Brad that every single time I get 2048, I'm going to send him a picture. I know I haven't I gotten a text it. recently. That's, that's why you I'm haven't, concerned. you haven't, but maybe I'll look, uh, in my camera roll if I haven't deleted it. Cause I, I think I actually did delete it. Cause I was like, ah, this is stupid, but Oh no, it's here. I have it. Okay. Okay. The picture, the picture June 3rd was the last time I got 2048. So you have to frame something like that. Put it on the refrigerator. It's more impressive than the one, 120% I got on my science quiz in fourth grade. That's still on my refrigerator. What are you doing? Put it on the refrigerator. Magnet that thing. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going print, to print it out. And uh, But that was the, the last time I got 2048. I'll make sure I'll send you a picture next time. Thanks for keeping me accountable. I feel like it's kind of like a Rubik's Cube. And this is coming from someone, who, by the way, who has never solved a Rubik's Cube. Probably won't ever. I, thank you for admitting that. I, I didn't know if that was like an embarrassing thing. But thank you. Thank you for biting the bullet with me. I've never done it. But I, I, from what I hear, if you do it once, you know how to do it again. And, and it... The first time is by far the hardest. You know the strategy, keep the high numbers in the corner. Now it's it's less of a big deal. But I'm still proud of you when you do it. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate <laughs> appreciate the encouraging words. Okay, so here we go. <sighs> the moment that I have been dreading. It's Jamal Adams uh, requesting a trade from the Jets. And you know, not to say that I told you so, but I told you so. 
Saw this coming from a mile away, probably a month and a half ago. I told you, I was like, look, Jamal Adams is not happy right now, and he's probably going to request a trade. Sure enough, this past week, Jamal Adams wants out of the Jets. He wants to be the highest-paid member of the Jets and one of the highest-paid defensive players in the NFL. Now, that would put Adams per year but between C.J. Mosley and, I don't know, Aaron Donald. C.J. Mosley makes $17 million a year. So he needs to make more than 17 For mm-hmm. a safety, that's a lot. The Jets are not willing to give him that much. So he wants to be traded. And he gave a list of teams that he would want to go to. The Cowboys, Chiefs, Ravens, Texans, Eagles, Seahawks, 49ers. Well, yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to play for those teams? You put the <laughs> That's Jets- exactly my thought. I was like, um, duh. <laughs> yeah, uh, I want to play for those teams. I don't root for any of those teams. I would like to play for them over the Jets. I mean, come on. Those are all contenders. Only a couple of them can actually afford what Jamal Adams is asking for. But Adams insists that he is out. Jenna, I think this is a done deal. I think it's only a matter of time before Adams forces his hand out of the Meadowlands. What do you think? I agree. I mean, he told Marcus May on Twitter that he will miss playing with him. I don't think you say that to someone that you're going to play with next season. So I see, I see it's come. I see it coming. And um, the Cowboys are the team that, you know, has had interest in other safeties. You know, Earl Thomas told, told the Cowboys to come get him. They, they never did. So they never did. So, um, yeah, I think I, I don't know if the Cowboys are going to pull the trigger on that, but that is a place that I'd keep an eye on. Um, I think it'd be a good fit, and the Dallas can definitely use a an upgrade at that position. You have to. I mean, the Cowboys are the first, second, third, and fourth team that everyone thinks of with Jamal Adams because he grew up a Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. He just saw the video of him on Twitter. A fan asked, "Hey, Jamal, where are you going? Come to the Cowboys?" And he goes, "I'm trying," which just, oh my god. That just broke my heart. Oh, God. Hit me in the worst of places. So he wants to go to the Cowboys. A lot of Cowboys fans want him. And you have to wonder how Dak's contract situation affects mm-hmm. Jamal Adams. Because yeah. now that the Cowboys haven't committed, immediate in the immediate future, long-term money to Dak Prescott, they have that flexibility. The problem is, could they afford to give Dak Prescott a record contract close to $40 million a year if they give Jamal Adams 17. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know. Again, and everyone knows how much I love Jamal Adams. I'm convinced he's the best safety in the game right now and one of the best of this generation. But $17 million for a safety. If you're the Cowboys, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. The Jets... Yes, they need to do it because he's the face of the franchise. The secondary is questionable as is. You take away Jamal Adams, and what do you have? So you you should be overpaying for Jamal Adams if you're the Jets. But the Cowboys, uh, I don't know. I don't know because they have other needs at more important positions, and they will have other needs at more important positions in the future, in the near future. And this might be a crippling contract for Jerry Jones. That's that's Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I, I just don't know. If all of this is just talk and all, you know, the perfect storybook answer would be Jamal Adams going to the Cowboys just because, like you said, um, a fan, a fan during his youth. And, you know, this they're a team that, you know, is, is capable of, of making a run in the playoffs. So 
I I just don't know if they pull the trigger. That's my thing. I I think we're all just gonna hear hear a whole bunch of stuff, but it never go through. Brad, well, who do you think he ends up going to if not the Cowboys? I think it's the Eagles. The Eagles have the most cap room by far of any team on this list. The problem is they don't have much to trade outside of draft capital, and which I mean, it's not a huge problem. The Jets could certainly use some draft capital, but I don't mm-hmm. know how much the Eagles are actually willing to give up. So we'll see. In terms of finances, the Eagles makes the, make the most sense. The Texans have the second most draft, uh, or rather salary cap room, but you know it's Bill O'Brien. So who knows? It. Maybe that's maybe that's good for the Jets because it's Bill O'Brien. They might be willing to trade Deshaun Watson for Jamal Adams, <laughs> given the whole DeAndre Hopkins situation. But we'll see. I, I don't know. I don't know. The Texans, contrary to the Eagles, they don't have any draft capital. None. They traded it all away. So what do they have to give the Jets? They They have the potential to sign Jamal Adams to give him the money that he wants. But for the Jets, it doesn't make any sense. So we'll see. I don't know. Are we done? Can we stop? Like, please? For now. I have a feeling oh. this will come up later. But but for now, yeah, oh, we're done. Okay. It's over. Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski in Bucks jerseys revealed. It's the first photo shoot of, shoot, photo shoot of Gronk and Brady in Bucks uniforms. And it's real. They're finally out of New England. And as a Jets fan, this is the silver lining of the week. It's official. Brady and Gronk are no longer haunting my memories they're now the nfc south's problem i i thought that the jersey revealed it looked it looked good they looked good in those colors um it also earlier today uh we saw that they were practicing together in florida the the dynamic duo is back together but will we see them play in this calendar year i mean we i feel like we talk about COVID-19 every single week. There's always something new, a new protocol, but I, I, I don't know. It, it should be important to note that, you know, we might not even see them this year. So it was, it was a cool little preview. Um, I'm hoping, hoping to see them. I thought, I thought they looked good in their new jerseys. It looked, it did look natural. Um, I know Patriots fans were not having a good, a good time with those though. They, it hurt a little bit, yeah. but, um, I thought they looked good. Can Tom Brady look bad in anything? Is that possible? No. With that no, no, jawline no. and those dreamy eyes? I mean, come on. Seriously. No, there's no way. Tom Brady did look good. Gronkowski looked good, too. The thing I was most impressed by, by the photo shoot, was, and I get it, it's a photo shoot, maybe even photoshopped a little bit, but gosh, Rob Gronkowski looked jacked. Like, I can't believe he's in playing shape that quickly from retirement, given his, you know, lifestyle I would have thought it would be a long and winding road for Rob Gronkowski to get back into playing playing shape but he looks like the Gronk of old so for Bucks fans out there that's good you really can't worry about COVID with this stuff it's it's supposed to build up excitement so you know try not to bog it down by the whole pandemic letdown right now it's an exciting time for Buccaneers fans to see the the new faces of their franchise and look whether it's this year or even next year, even next year with Tom Brady aging, I think the future, the immediate future, is bright for the Buccaneers. So that's exciting for the Buccaneers fans. And moving on, we have Hard Knocks is revealing which teams they're covering. And they're going to the City of Angels, Los Angeles, covering both the Chargers 
and the Rams. Now, again, not my first choice here, but there's certainly some intrigue. Jenna, what do you think of the choice? I think it's a practical choice. Um, uh, we we don't want to be traveling, you know, I guess, I don't know. It's weird because it's not like you'd be traveling to a whole bunch of locations if you just covered one team, but it, it does get to expand the experience because I don't think we've ever had two teams on a hard knocks before. And, you know, they're in, they're in a similar area. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that works. Cause usually it's the, like, like I said, one team is the focus. So how do you, how do you cover two teams? How do you cover the two teams intertwined? Are they expecting to have less storylines because of the whole pandemic? There's a lot of questions. Um, I, they're not the most interesting teams. They weren't the ones that I, I would have picked or I would have liked to see. Um, but, but We'll see. As a a fan of a team who had a hard knocks, you know, the most recent one, um, it's always fun just to get get to know every aspect of your team on a deep level and seeing how, you know, the coaches interact with players, kind of seeing the behind the scenes. It's always fun, and I think it'll be fun for any fan base to get a hard knocks, and it'll be fun for us to watch too, even though, as I've said multiple times on this podcast, there are no L.A. football fans, but... Well, I think that's the point, right? Both teams signed up for Hard Knocks because they need to develop a fan base. And if you can, if you're an indifferent football fan looking for a team to cling on to, and you can humanize the football players that are masked behind those helmets, then Hard Knocks that's that's the way to do it, right? That's the way you develop a franchise, uh, a fan base immediately. And they're gonna have to at least try to fill up SoFi Stadium, beautiful stadium. Not gonna look so beautiful with empty seats there. I think it's an interesting move. Again, it's not my first choice, but my my the most intriguing thing to me is the coronavirus and how that's going to be dealt with uh, during training camps, during the offseason. So it's really irrelevant which teams you pick, team you pick for this season because every team will be facing those challenges. Maybe some less than others. Who knows? It's going to be fun, though. The Rams don't have Gurley. Could it be a bounce-back year for the Rams? The Chargers have Justin Herbert. So I think it's going to be a very interesting Herbert versus Tyrod Taylor. I think Tyrod Taylor was already in a hard knocks, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see him behind the scenes and kind of which uh, which role he takes on, either mentor-mentee with Herbert, or maybe he's just competing with him as equals to start. So I'm very excited to see uh, the Rams and the Chargers behind the scenes. I, I forgot... I've been a, a Justin Herbert, you know, person on this podcast. How did I forget that? That's the, the first now we're thing I more thought of. The Rams. I was like, great, yeah. Yeah, now we're going to get to see a quarterback competition. I feel like those – that is already a storyline that makes it more interesting than anything else we'll see. Well, it's not, so, it's not even just a quarterback competition, right? Because ignore Tyrod Taylor for a second. Everyone okay. knows, including the Hard Knocks producers, maybe even Tyrod Taylor, that Herbert is the future. He's the Mm -hmm. future identity of the Chargers. So the Chargers now in this offseason, first offseason without Phillip Rivers in a generation. Well, now they're looking for that new identity. So it goes beyond who's going to start under center for the Chargers. This is a franchise that's reinventing themselves right before our eyes. And I think it's going to be fun to watch. There's the pitch, folks, right there. I'm in. (laughs) I'm in. I I changed changed my tune. I just don't care. So when I think of... LA, the LA teams, I think obviously 
the Chargers are in my division, so I think about them. But the Rams, I was like, eh, I don't care. Who would you prefer? Wh- which team would you rather see? I don't, I, I'm not. I I haven't thought about it that that in depth. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little annoying. Why not put the Bucks in there? Yeah, well, that was see my all pick. Yeah, I wanted to see Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski with the Coming Bucks. Back. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I wanted be interesting. to see that. I, I thought I I had a few teams in mind. I think the Bears would be interesting. Okay, Trubisky yeah. versus Foles, that whole dynamic. Mm-hmm. I think the Panthers would be fun to watch. McCaffrey gets his money. Matt Rule comes in. Obviously, the Bengals would be fun with with uh with Joe Burrow. There are a bunch of teams. The Patriots too would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, but the Chargers. Are interesting. I don't know about the Rams. I don't know if I I, I care, but See, it's the actually, Chargers, I'm in. It's funny because the Rams had such a disappointing year last season, and now if you look at the national television schedule, the Rams are being shoved down fans' throats. Like the NFL is insisting upon the Rams for whatever reason. You will watch the Rams. You will follow the Rams. Tough. So I think it's going to be interesting. It was certainly a Super Bowl hangover last year. I think the Rams are a very talented team. I have not given up on Jared Goff, and somehow we all forgot about Sean McVay, which is incredible because we were crowning him the Messiah of football a couple of years ago, and now he's just he's just one of the coaches. No, no. Sean McVay is the same mastermind. Jared Goff is the same puppet that McVay has been working his magic on, and the Rams, even though they don't have Gurley, he was, he was declining anyway. The Rams still have the talent that they need to make a run even in the NFC West. Well, that leads us exactly or similar to what we we're talking t- talking about um, in our preview portion. Looking looking forward to the season. Last week we did a a fir- our worst to first, right? I got that right. Uh, it's all the words jumbling up in my head. Oh yeah. Um, but, but we're going to see similar to the Rams. The Rams went from, you know, Super Bowl to, to not meeting expectations. Um, we're going to go a good first to worst. Who is the first team in in division in the division? And who do you think is going to end up at the bottom of it? I have my answer, but Brad, I want to hear your, your answer first and then I'll go. Give me the Eagles. Now, this is a tough one because almost every team that finished in first place in their division last year, they basically need a a catastrophic injury to fall to the basement. And unfortunately, Carson Wentz getting hurt is not the most unlikely thing to happen. He, let's get real, he missed eight games in the past three seasons. And also the Eagles weren't fantastic last year. They were only nine and seven. I'm not going to pick the Ravens who were 14 and two although I actually think they're not the last team I would have picked. But the Eagles, I I can't see them sweeping the Giants and the Redskins either. Both of those teams are improved, so they might steal a game here or there from the Eagles, and for a 9-7 team, that could really be the difference between a successful season and a disaster. That that, that makes sense. That That makes perfect sense. The part that... I like that you highlighted was the quarterback position because when when looking at this, that is one of the most important parts to think about because it is the most important position on the field. And when we'll, we'll talk about mine in a second, but that is kind of like the thing about mine. I was like, ah, I chose one with a good quarterback. So, yeah, but they it, all it, have co- good quarterbacks. Name a division winner last season 
that has a bad quarterback. It's impossible. Hey, that's why they won, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why they won. Well, well, uh, the obvious answer would have been the Patriots, but you know, when we were uh, talking yeah, about so this, besides we, the we, Patriots, yes, we 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 tried to stay away from the completely obvious answer being the Patriots, where the identity of the team is kind of all over the place. We don't know what to expect from Jared Stidham. That would have been, you know, that probably he's pro- he is the weakest quarterback of all the division winners. Yeah, I just so, want to put that out there. Just a disclaimer for anyone. I don't actually think that the Eagles are worse than the Patriots this year, but we're just operating under the whole besides the Patriots thing, because who knows, as Jenna just said, it was it was too obvious. I'm going to my mine isn't, you know, as obvious, but to me it was pretty clear who I was going to choose the second I looked at the list of teams that finished first in their division. And it's the Texans. I don't think that the Texans have just on a, on, on like the baseline, they don't have the ab- ability to follow through. And I could definitely see them being a team that goes to the bottom. The things that I kind of, that kind of make me hesitant in that thought. And I could see, you know, how I could be wrong is that, you know, they do have the Jags in their division, the Jaguars. I don't, think they're going to be extremely improved I think they have the potential to be a lot better than people think but that's a big if also because Deshaun Watson I like him as a quarterback um but the pieces around him aren't bad they're pretty good um number two guys I didn't see anyone who who jumped out as like the guy because they took they uh you know traded their guy away Bill O'Brien said, yeah, we don't need uh, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Let's go trade DeAndre Hopkins off. So for me, I, there's a lot of good pieces that the Texans, Texans have, but I've never, I've never been proved. They've never proved to me that they can follow through. Um, and I'd never follow the hype that goes with the Texans. Cause I think they're inconsistent and they're okay. Like they're good. Um, but they're, I don't think I'll ever be a huge Texans ride or, ride or die so uh that's why my decision was pretty easy I might be wrong but that's that's my belief and they haven't proved me proved me wrong yet I like that pick I think it's a really strong pick probably my second answer besides the Patriots you don't even really need an injury there like the Eagles you're basically relying on Carson Wentz to get hurt again the Texans actually make sense because you have Philip Rivers and the Titans and the Colts, they could be good. The Titans mm-hmm. are, are going to be strong again with Tannehill re-signing. The only problem with this Texans pick is that I do think that the Jags are first in line in the Trevor yeah. Lawrence sweepstakes. So they're mm-hmm. trying to lose. The Texans are not. So I don't know. I ugh, I don't know. It's an interesting pick, though. I see it. The dysfunction of Bill O'Brien. Who knows what the locker room is going to be like after you trade their their most talented player? We'll see, though. I, I I don't see how the locker room can really be behind Bill O'Brien this season. That And we have similar – I didn't even talk about it. But, yeah, the the division is fairly strong on, on in terms of the Colts and the Titans. The Titans are going to be good again. The Colts have the potential to be good. They, they fell off a little bit last year, but they have the potential, which is important. And the Jags are the only, you know, question mark. But, like I said – I think they can be better than people expect, but we'll, we will see. Um, but the Texans, man, I, I always, I always sometimes get confused when people are like the Texans. And I'm like, what do you mean? They have a good quarterback. I get it. But like it take I under and I understand that's the most important position on the field, 
but it takes more than that. And I feel like they always have these really, you know, they have the big name pieces that never really work together to, to, you know, do anything. Maybe. I, it's interesting. They just signed Laramie Tunsil for a big contract, so that's huge. He's the best left tackle in football. But I will remind everyone out there, and this is no reason for them to go first to worst, but they were outplayed in the first round of the playoffs against Buffalo. Buffalo fully should have mm-hmm. won that game. They were the better team, and they lost. So the Texans, even though they were a 10-6 and team, solid, no doubt about it, worthy of a postseason spot, they did not deserve to get to the second round. So just putting it out there, that might be a little bit of fool's, fool's gold how far they got. And they were even beating the Chiefs. They were killing the Chiefs. And then they blew it. So I, I don't know. What kind of hangover does that leave? Just the terrible, catastrophic collapse in the second round of the playoffs. I, I'm interested to see it. Well, one of the teams that is was at the top of their division was the Ravens, and we're going to transition into the what's trending, but we're going to keep it Ravens-focused. Brad, go, go ahead and tell us what, what was trending on your end. So Dr. Anthony Fauci claims that the NFL will have to adapt the bubble model that the NBA is going for, that the MLB has considered in order to even have a season, which, by the way, puts a serious damper on on the chances that this season actually happens. I wish we actually talked about that uh, earlier in the show because I don't know at this point. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci claims that you need a bubble model. I've been saying for weeks that a bubble in football is just impossible. There's no mm-hmm. way that could happen. Yeah. So uh, fingers crossed on that. John Harbaugh says, quote, I'm not going to run for cover in response to Fauci's claims. Okay. John Harbaugh, don't be a tough guy. You're not impressing anyone. You have to be extra sensitive in this day and age, especially with COVID-19, the the fatalities that this country has experienced. It's just not something that you take lightly. It's not something that you joke about. And I know he's not making a joke, but he's kind of dismissing what experts are saying. You're not an expert. You're a football coach. Stick to what you know. All right. This is not the same thing as shut up and dribble, but it's a stick to what you know. You don't know everything there is to know about how contagious the virus is, how to contain it, how to keep the players safe. Leave that to Dr. Anthony Fauci and the other experts and just do your job if those experts say that you can. But by saying you're not going to run for cover, well, there might not be a league. So you're implying, oh, I'm just going to I'm just going to do my job anyway. Well, guess what? coach. You can't coach if there are no games to be played. So listen to what this guy says, because he might know what he's talking about. That is an instance of why say anything at all. Um, You know, he should know this is, you know, a sensitive topic. Not everyone agrees on how things should be done in terms of reopening and leagues starting up. And there's a lot of question marks that need to be answered. Even in leagues like the NBA, you know, they have a plan that's pretty, pretty well thought out. It's very obvious that they put in a lot of thought and it's still not perfect. There's still ways that things can happen that, you know, it, we, we might not have, it might, it's not perfect. It's still, it still has its flaws and it was meticulously thought out. So just don't say anything you can have. It's, I, that annoys me when people just like make comments on something that they should just like maybe not 
Like, you have a differing opinion. Keep it to yourself. I didn't need need that from him. I didn't need to hear how Coach uh, John Harbaugh thinks what he thinks about the virus and how the NFL and all the experts are saying about it. I didn't need it. Um, it's not at least say it's something not more general. That'd be my thing. It's not impressive. Oh, I'm not gonna run. I will stay here. No, no, no. No one thinks that's a good idea. No one is impressed. Just stop. Just stop. It it definitely wasn't impressive. I don't know if impressive was his goal. I think it was just like I don't think this is that big of a deal. He's might try, have been. He's the trying thing. to be. A, I'm not gonna run. I will stay. Wait, what? What are you doing? What are you doing, John Harbaugh? Come on, think about it. You're right. If you if you don't have anything intelligent to say, then don't say anything at all. There is there is room for John Harbaugh to speak on this issue. Agreed. Not that mm-hmm. he should not say anything. There's room to comment. He's a community leader. He is a Baltimore figure. I get that, but better safe than sorry. It's it's better to be to take extra precaution than not. And you don't mm. want to be on the wrong side of history. So if you're quoted in saying, oh, I'm disregarding these measures, I'm not going to run for cover. And then something, God forbid, happens to you or one of your players. Hindsight and history will not be on your side. That's just something mm. that you have to have the wherewithal to think about. Definitely. Well, we are experiencing history right now. With everything that is going on, we're in the midst of a pandemic. Social justice is ramping up all across the country and in the world. And it's kind of hard to have major events, award shows when all this is happening. And um, the ESPYs definitely saw that firsthand. First off, you know, Megan Rapinoe, Sue Bird, and Russell Wilson were the hosts for this year. I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch the ESPYs because I honestly forgot that they were happening with everything else that's going on. Like, I feel like usually it's constantly, like, when you're watching sports, it's always a commercial. ESPN always plays the ESPYs commercial. There's always advertising for the ESPYs. And I honestly forgot until I saw a tweet and it was like, uh, well, I don't even know what it said. It just said the ESPYs now, and it was like 9 o'clock, so I already missed the whole first hour. And I was like, well whatever but i was not the only one who missed it only 40 482,000 people watched it on the espn platforms usually it's on abc so that could be you know it's on cable so it's something that everyone can see maybe that was the change but the show the la- the last low was 100 or sorry 1.98 million people watched it that was the last low which in 2011 so the ESPYs didn't really, you know, hit as close to home as as uh, it usually does. It, it, not a lot of people watched it, but how, I can't blame them. Blame them, like I mean, the people who put on the ESPYs. I can't blame them because how can you do a sports award show with no sports? You know, the leagues aren't finished. Leagues are being canceled. It, it's you know, a disaster waiting to happen. And I think, you know, the three hosts, I like the choices of the hosts. Uh, I don't know, Brad, if you remember, I did not, I did not like the, the host. Was it two years ago? Was it two years ago already? Ooh, uh, who was it? Do you remember? It was Danica Patrick. Remember? Oh, you were not Brad a Danica Patrick fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This In was, Syracuse. okay. Yeah. I remember yeah. this. 
Yeah. No, yeah. You didn't and like I, and her. I and I wasn't a fan of the pick. Why? Why again? Because so she was the first female to host the ESPYs and I'm all for, you know, the the equality and it all, but I just felt like you could have cho- chosen uh you know, chosen a female not to check a box, but because they could be really good hosts. Um even then my my first thought of who would be a great host when asked because you know that's what I was asked fine you don't want Danica Patrick who do you want and I said Megan Pino would do a great job she just has that personality I just you know she has a personality for this and I didn't think Danica Patrick did I thought she did a fine job she did good you See, know nothing was, but nothing memorable it was kind of funny I think she made some Aaron Rodgers jokes which is you know that was always good First woman that came to mind when you were talking just now, I thought Serena Williams, but she would do a bad job. That wouldn't work. That, that was my other guess, just because, like, well-known female athlete. Yeah. But other than that, it wouldn't be great. No, nah, it think. wouldn't be good. She doesn't have the personality that Rapino does. And Rapino was so important in social reform earlier in the year during uh, during her run in her, not 15 seconds, but when she was really in the spotlight. So, uh, it was a, it was a fitting host. She was a fitting host, and and I I didn't watch it either because quite frankly I, I thought it was almost in bad taste to have a sports award show right now. But I I thought it was interesting the the pairing with her and Sue Bird and Russell Wilson. Well, what they decided to do was um, you know I I didn't watch it, so I'm not gonna say you know I it's saw because them do we this, don't care. But... That's why. I mean, neither one of us watched it, and we're talking about it. We're talking about how we didn't care enough to watch it. Yeah, just, just to this be is crystal definitely clear. a negative, a negative on the ESPYS for sure. <laughs> I usually yeah. love watching the ESPYS. It's funny. Same. It's it's memorable. You t- typically you have some great stories that come out of it. But no, not this year. They should have canceled it. They they did they, but what they did instead of you know I guess the normal awards what they did do I, there were some awards given but like I said before it was kind of hard to do that when you know leagues haven't completed <laughs> we're in the middle we're in the middle of you know every league being on pause or being canceled so the awards that can be given out are very scarce so what they did was talk about social justice and, and change um, throughout throughout like the country and what what needs to change and share stories about that which with everything going on i wouldn't have expected anything less um but still no one seemed to care uh what was going on because there were just bigger bigger things to talk about bigger things to watch uh there's more important things than sports like sports award shows happening right now in this country so i get why it didn't do that well uh but this this that that's insane those numbers still kind of blow my mind the last low was 1.98 million, and only four th- 482,000 people watched. That is a significant difference. That's insane. That is blow- from a TV standpoint. That just blows my mind. We did say we'd come back to it, and it's now time for fan <gasps> frustration. Of course, we're talking about Jamal Adams and fan frustration. I'm, I, I spoiled it. I jumped the gun. You know, I I, I told you exactly what's going to hey, be talked about. Hey, you don't about. know. It could be something else. You have no... He, 
What am I kidding? He could have he could have left some mystery, but Brad, no, there's nothing else. Let's let's give you a forum to react to this Jamal Adams news. How are you feeling? <sighs> shut up. You know how I'm feeling. Just just shut up, okay? I'm frustrated that I'm I've been frustrated this entire time. That's what I'm frustrated with. I, look, everyone knows what happens with what happened with Jamal Adams, what's happening with Jamal Adams, and we already talked about it at the top of the show. I'm not going to open the floodgates on Adams again. Here's what I will say. I'm sorry. All right? I'm sorry. Jenna, the listeners, they all had to listen to me complain, and as Jenna said, rightfully so, but complain about the same thing week in and week out. My hope is this. Maybe this is the end. Maybe this is the end of the Jamal Adams fan frustrations. Hopefully. And if it is, then this is not a fan frustration. This is a fan celebration. Just like all good things come to an end, so do bad things. This was a very, very bad thing. And Jamal Adams' career as a Jet was a very, very good thing. I bid thee farewell, Jamal Adams. I hope that you have a a wonderful career, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be as a Jet and fine. I just want, if you're going to leave, just leave. Okay, just leave. I can't, I can't do this anymore. It's not working out on either side. And I can't, I can't even consider you a part of the Jets anymore because of the way you've treated your teammates and the fan base on your way out. And... It's, it's just rough. And this is why, by the way, I, I bought a, a Jamal Adams jersey t-shirt. So, mistake, obviously. It's not too, too recent. A year, two years ago. Obviously, mistake, but I just saw it at the bottom of my pile in my room the other day. And it's just depressing. That's just depressing. There's some good Jamal Adams memories. I actually met him and Marcus May in, their, in his rookie year, in their rookie years. And they were both so nice. They were buddy buddies, too. They were they were very close. I have some good Jamal Adams memories that I'll hold on to. But unfortunately, the past few weeks have outweighed those good memories. And unfortunately, I will remember Jamal Adams for when he left rather than when he was here. That is unfortunate. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry for you, man. That is... When when you were talking, I was just thinking of um, I'm 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 going through a similar situation with you know departing, and I'm kind of transitioning in to my fan frustration. I I have a sweatshirt that I just bought, like I bought at the New York State Fair. Weird place to buy a sweatshirt. Wow. New York State Fair last year, I bought an Oakland Raiders jersey. You bought an Oakland jersey. Raiders uh, jersey, a sweatshirt at the New yeah. York State Fair? Yeah, it was like one of those little like kiosks or whatever where they just have like a whole bunch of NFL stuff. I'm, you know, into that, obviously. You know what I bought at the New York State fan. Fair? What? Alligator. I ate alligator at the New York State Fair. See, that's more weird to me because you're doing that in a place that's not Florida. Weird to me. That's fair. Because I get we, that. We, we, I mean, I, I was gonna say we grew up doing that, but I definitely had you know alligator at a young age. It was delicious, by the way. I it's loved good. it. My only regret is that I didn't try. There was another uh, bizarre thing there. I don't think it was koala, but it was some. I think it was kangaroo. They had kangaroo, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh man, I gotta decide between gator and roo. Like which one? 
which one's better. They were both expensive, so I was only going to get one. So I chose I chose Gator. But I, I still haven't Gator tried... Gator was the choice. still haven't tried Rue. I was planning on trying a stick of Rue this year, but they canceled the New York State Fair. That saddens me. I, I call so, it Rue. I, I love the New York State Fair. I call it Rue because I'm hip. You know, that's yeah. The, that's how the kids One say. of those hip kids, exactly. Kangaroo is just Rue. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just going to ignore that. Um, so... Yeah, like I was saying, uh, I bought I bought that, and I was like, oh, technically, do I now like once the Raiders move to Las Vegas? Um, if you didn't know, that's where the, that's where they have moved. I know I talk about it every single week, and you guys all love that as well. Not as much as I um, talk about Jamal Adams, so yep, it's okay. I talk about us moving to Vegas, and I was like, wow. So does that mean this is now like vintage? And I just bought it. I'm like, wow, I have an o- Oakland Raiders gear. So. Uh, but the thing the thing is an, an african-american committee is trying to get a new football team in oakland okay why 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 do we have we've already moved we've already moved oakland's football team over to las vegas do you think okay and anywhere else it probably would have been different Maybe St. Louis, you put a football team there because the Rams left them and went to L.A. Make more sense. But the Raiders, I'm going to say it, have the best fans in the NFL. Anyone can fight me on that. I believe that. I've exp- Raider Nation is something that – It's a hot that, take. That it a is a hot take. Scalding and, uh, hot take. I mean, look, there, I, I know that the Raiders have the black hole and everything, but the Seahawks' 12th man, that is – that Twelfth man. That's the only one I could think that, that that could that could beat it. But I'm sticking with my take because I'm not even talking about the black hole. The black hole, whatever. I'm just talking about just how well the fans travel. Half the games that like you see, there are more Raiders fans than anybody else. When I went to the only football game I went to, been to in Miami, granted Miami is not the best sports city in the world, um, but it was. It was so much fun because it was me with all my my Raiders fans. Raider Nation is the best, and I love them, and they're loyal. Even though their team was getting taken from their city, they're sticking with them. I don't understand why you need to put a new team in Oakland that's going to get no fans. I'm going to tell you now, it's not going to get any fans. There's going to be no – no nobody is going to want to root for them, especially – the, the rumor is that they're going to be an expansion team. So no one wants an expansion team, you know, the, you know, the leftovers. No one want, is going to want to be a fan of that team. And I know that you want to get more African-Americans in leadership in the NFL, and I support that completely. But why don't we do it with the teams we already have that are already successful? Why do we have to do it with, you know, it's going to look bad when the team's not doing well. But here's, here's the thing, though. The NFL is growing so rapidly that an expansion team is coming within the next, I would say, five years. We'll have an expansion team. Where do you want it to go? Mm, I don't know. That's a good I, question. I don't know either. I mean, Las Vegas was the prime, the obvious answer. That's taken. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have a two-team city in Las Vegas. No. So where I are they going? That. Salt Lake City? Oklahoma City? What are we talking about here? San Antonio? Been- there's also been, you know, talks of, of going internationally as well. Come on. 
okay why do you think we play all those you know mexico games london games why do we play the mexico games we play the mexico games so the nfl can realize how catastrophic it would be to have an an expansion team in mexico that's why that's that's a we that is the worst idea i can think of Right next to I London. I don't support it, but there, even when Vegas, well, we didn't know like when the stadium was going to be complete or if we were going to have to, you know, play. We didn't know where we were playing for 2019 because we didn't have a contract. They were saying, all right, London. Like, this is not the most crazy thing ever that the expansion team goes overseas, yeah, in, which I think it's London? London. London. How is Canada? Not the first option Canada, when it comes Canada's to... Canada's where I'd go. That's where I was yeah, thinking. We a already Toronto have a professional team? sports team. Toronto yeah, exactly. team makes more sense. London? Yes. Come London on. That's stupid. That but makes that is no the first, p- first place they were saying the Raiders should go, is London, which I think is absurd as well. Well, you know who they I, were? They were just not Raiders fans. There's no way a Raiders fan would actually suggest that. No, no Raiders fan would suggest that at all. We were just saying, why don't we just stay in Oakland for the year? like the one more year i think but, toronto makes the most sense maybe even more than any other american city montreal maybe maybe montreal but more likely toronto i think toronto too just because we've seen you know american sport leagues in toronto it's something that's pretty normal so i i agree that, that would be the most prime location but i i wouldn't count out the nfl doing something weird and making it going international with their expansion team st but, louis wouldn't be bad uh, yeah, St. Louis, I could see that working better than Oakland, in my opinion. So that's kind of what I'm frustrated about because it's just the lack of thought. It's just like, oh, we have, you know, I, Oakland makes sense, I guess, just for, you know, that's, you know, there's a lot of African-American communities in Oakland. So, you know, kind of having that ar- around the team. But you want the team to be successful and people to be fans of the team. Go to St. Louis. That's what I would say. That would be my my pick. So, I'm just a little, you know, ticked off that we have to already replace the Raiders and we have to do it in a way that just doesn't make sense. Be think think a little you want a team that's going to do things, not a team that's just going to be a waste of space. Also because they moved from Oakland in part because of how poor the facility was and it now what? You you have an expansion team, you're going to have to build a new stadium in Oakland. Is that How's that going to work? I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it makes sense you'd, either. You'd have to build a new stadium just because, oh, do we really want to go back to having a, an NFL team in a baseball a baseball stadium no, again? I think, I think we just got out of that. century, we're, we're beyond that, I think. I agree. That's all we have for you on the Go For Two podcast. This is episode 11, and it was a fun one, Jenna. I enjoyed it. Now, look, that's where we think the expansion team should go. If you think something differently, well, send us an email. Go for two, at the number two, pod at gmail.com, or just DM us on Twitter. Go for the number two podcast, at go for the number two podcast. You can catch earlier episodes on our SoundCloud and our YouTube. But again, we're on Apple Podcasts now with the big boys, Jenna. So take a look at the Go For Two podcast on iTunes and the Apple Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.